0: The reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 58, reading from verses 1 to 12. True fasting. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people that their rebellion and to the house of Jacob and their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right, and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions, and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and why have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and why have you not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrelling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. This is the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? It is, not, is it not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you, go, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the old age foundations. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Amen and thanks be to God for this reading.
1: Thank you, Fiona. Um, I I think it was maybe uh, four years ago, three years ago, that Adrian last came and spoke um, about the work of Compassion um, here in Ellen Parish Church. A few years before that, we had Donna Mack, um, who, who also worked for Compassion at that point, Um, come and talk to us about compassion. So we've got a kind of ongoing relationship with compassion. Um, I'm not going to say too much about what Adrian's going to say because he's going to come up and say that himself. So we'll just pray for Adrian and then he's going to come up and share. Loving God, thank you that um, you have placed this calling, this burden on Adrian's heart to release young folks from... The burden of poverty from the the chains that hold families down in some of the most vulnerable and difficult places in our world and so as he comes to share what it is that you want him to say this morning we ask for your blessing upon him may his words be planted into our hearts not his words but your words that you speak through him be planted into our hearts so that we are so that we go from here as changed people and that we go from here changing the lives of others so loving god bless adrian as he comes to share in jesus name we ask it amen
2: Uh, good to be with you. It's, uh, it's actually about two and a half years since I was last here. It was before we went through this awful uh, time that we've uh, that we've been in of COVID. Um, I am—I'll say what I said last time in introducing myself. I'm 63 years of age. Um, have uh, three daughters, four grandchildren, one wife, and one dog. And I always say that I love my dog. And it's so funny that when I say that, when I go to my little table at the end where I've got these children that are looking for a sponsor, one of the first things that people say to me is, what's your dog called? (laughs) Um, So my dog's called Jess, if you want to know. And uh, never were doggy people until my youngest daughter, who is coming up for 30, when she got married, she got married on the the shores of Loch Lomond. I had the privilege of performing the ceremony for her. And uh, and when she left home, I said to my wife, we need another girl. (laughs) And uh, my girls did not think it would end up being a dog. Um, I love those verses that Fiona that read them uh, from Isaiah, Um, because they... They do challenge us in our lives, those verses, particularly in verse 6 and 7. It says, Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice? And uh, the theme that you've been looking at over the past couple of months is this whole thing about, you know, who's injustice? And, um, you know, I love the church. I love coming to the local church because we are God's plan. For society, we're his only plan. <laughs> he doesn't have a plan B. Boris Johnson talks about plan B for COVID, but you know, God only has plan A, and that's you and I. And as I travel around uh, Scotland and speak to churches, I, I just want to this isn't in my what I was going to say today. I want to just commend you and, and really encourage you for the work that you do in this community. I love the vision of this church and its one that I think every church I go to should have, and that is you know, meaningful faith, meaningful community, and meaningful witness. What does that word meaningful mean? Well, for me, it's about making a difference. And uh, you know, I, I wanna implore you today that um, you're God's plan A, and if we don't be what God wants us to be in the community and tell people out there who don't know about Jesus Christ... Um, then who is? And that's my personal challenge. Um, I'm sure many of you have, are old enough to remember that when we were children, um, most kids kind of knew their Bible or knew, you know, went to church in some shape or form. But today we're in a society where children at school do not know Jesus. And if they hear the word Christ, they think it's swearing. It, you know, we, we've got a challenge on our hands as the Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, as I travel around, um, I realize that um, the church has to fill that gap between what society deems as being important and what we know as being important and eternal life and, and, and hope and, and, yeah, hope. You know, we we need to impart hope through our words, and it's quite quite fitting when I think of the vision for this church. What I want to share this morning, I'll just be twenty minutes if you can uh, put up with me. Uh, but I want to read to you from uh, Matthew's Gospel and uh, verses that I'm sure you're very familiar with. And it says this in Matthew five: You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown underfoot and trampled verse 14 says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house that's the church that's you and i in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven When I was a little boy, I really thought that I could do anything. I thought I could, I thought I had special powers. I had a cape as a a child, a red cape, which I would run around the house and think I could do anything. And I remember when I was about eight, I don't know if you ever have this dream, but I had my first flying dream. Have you ever had that where you're having a dream and you sort of take off from where you are? Anybody, am I the only strange person here? Um, (laughs) But you know that sort of, quite incredible feeling where you could I found myself take off actually I dreamt this again a few weeks ago and I dreamt it numerous times throughout my life where I sort of took off and flew over the land found myself in Shetland or found myself in the Isle of Skye and then (coughs) mustered this power up and kind of went back home again and I wake up in the morning I thought I wish I could do that and uh, it, it, it's, it's something, even as a young Christian, I, was, got, I got saved, I became a Christian at 16 years of age. And I remember I got lost, you won't believe this, I got lost in some wood somewhere. And I didn't know how to get home. And I thought, right, I remember that story in the book of Acts where it says that Philip was praying for the Ethiopian eunuch and it said, he, he baptized him. And then it said in, in the verses, it said, then the spirit of the Lord snatched him up and he found himself, I think it was in Azotus, so I thought, well, that's snatching up. Does that mean that he kind of was, you know, beam me up, scotty kind of thing, and he found himself. So I thought, I'm going to try this, and I promise you this is the truth. So I went into this bush so nobody would see me, and I said, Lord, I need to get home. Do you think, you know, you could just transport me from where I am right now, and uh, I could just go home. And I was 16. I had full of I thought I had full of faith. And it was quite windy. And suddenly the wind died, and opened my eyes. And I was still in the bush. I really hadn't moved at all. But I was, you know, determined that um, that I could do these amazing things. Um, but when I grew up, I realised I did have special powers. I realized that I could change the weather. Maybe I couldn't change the weather, but I knew God could use me to change the weather. Now, I've got a little prop with me today, and my, my children, when they saw me buy this on Amazon, they used my Amazon account, but when they saw me buy this, they said, Dad, you're not going to take that to the church, are you, and let people see you with the silly cape on. But I want to put this on for just, I want to make a point this morning. So just humor me if you do think I'm a bit daft, but I really believed as a child I had superpowers. And then when I became a Christian, I believed I had superpowers. And those powers were to change the weather for somebody. I always remember that when my, we'd probably, I'd been married 43 years. We were married about 10 years and, and we got this tax rebate And my wife said, I really feel God wants us to give it away. And I thought, wow, God hasn't told me that yet. (laughs) Anyway, I was obedient to what she told me or to what the Lord said. And there was a particular woman in our street who was a Christian, and she had some financial difficulties. And so we took that money, put it into cash, put it in a brown envelope, and I sneaked along the road late one night and popped it through a letterbox. And then we kind of sat back and watched and we watched the weather change for that woman. Now, we never told anybody. We just did that privately. It was something we did. But we realized we had special powers. Okay, it was in the form of a tax rebate, but it was a, it was a recognition that God had given us something to make a difference. And uh, I, I say that because um, I, I really want to remind you from those verses in Matthew that we are the salt of the earth, now, if you're like me, I like salt on my dinner. Well, I was going to say, especially when my wife cooks. I don't mean it like that. But I mean, I do like salt on my dinner. It makes a difference. But salt does a number of things. It, it preserves, doesn't it? It, it cleanses. It, you know, And that's what we are. We can bring a cleansing into many situations. We can change the flavor of someone's situation. Somebody that you might know. Somebody in your family. Somebody in your street. When we think about meaningful community, when we think about meaningful witness. But it also goes on to say that we are the light of the world. But well, what does light do? And when, when Aston was just sharing there about compassion, we we're talking about poverty. One of the things that poverty uh, brings is, is hopelessness. Um, because a lot of these people uh, I brought children today from Rwanda that's a population of about 13 million on the east coast of Africa. But many of the children that we currently sponsor in the church here, and I think there's about 18, praise God for that. Lives that have been changed by you and I that have decided to take a little bit of that salt and change a life. Wow. But that challenge that we're the light of the world uh, it is such that that we can bring brightness in the midst of a lot of despair and darkness even in the streets of our community here. That we can put our our silly cape on <laughs> and we can go out of a day and know that we have the power of God in us, the Holy Spirit of God in us that allows us to go to a situation and be Jesus in that situation. Now us kind of, you know, Reserved Scots, British people think, oh, can God use little old me? Yes, God can use little old me. God can use me. No matter what age you are here today, God can take what he's placed within you, and you can touch a situation, and where there's darkness, you can bring light. And if we've not been in a lot of darkness, it's hard to understand how dark darkness can be for people that don't have any hope. You know, I remember... Um, when I was young, my father took me up Mount Snowdon. Anybody been to Snowdonia before? Um, And and all I can remember is we took this train thing, I think, up to the top of Snowdon. And my dad or my brother said, let's walk back down. But we kind of misjudged the the light. And and when we were about, I don't know, 20 minutes down, the, the darkness fell. And all I can remember as a child was... We didn't know where to walk. (laughs) We were frightened. We didn't know that if our next step might be a hundred foot drop. And I remember even my, I could just remember my father being quiet and therefore he was worried as well. And we were like, we were in a difficult place. And then suddenly this car came around the corner or this vehicle and it lit up the whole area and we saw the road before us and we thought, oh, we're saved, we're saved. And we were able to get back onto the road and eventually get home. But it was that illustration, if you could just imagine, of pure darkness. There were no street lights or or any light at all, but this vehicle suddenly changed the whole atmosphere for us because we were frightened, but it gave us a way to go. And light's like that. Light's like that. 1 John 1 says, The light shines in the darkness, and it shall overcome it. It shall overcome it. And uh, the other passage, and I want to show you a few slides in a moment, uh, but the other passage I want to read to you is from Colossians 3, 10 to 14. One of my kind of favorite passages, we've all got passages, but listen to what it says about my, my red cape. It says this, you've, you've put on the new self. The new self you've put on. It's about, you know, every day we should put on our red cape. We should put on the garment of Christ. And think I'm going out representing the king of kings and the lord of lords and what I say and what I do that my words matter and my actions matter and it says here here there is no gentile or jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian, slave free but in Christ is all and in all therefore as God's chosen people that's you and I clothe yourself It says, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And it says, bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. There's so much that we could look at in these verses. And verse 14 says, and all of these virtues put on love above all which binds them all together in perfect unity. So that challenge to put on these garments in our lives, when we get up from this place today, whoever we speak to, to recognize that I have the nature of Jesus in me. I have the spirit of God in me. That means that I can change a life. If we could put the first slide on you in, I was in Uganda just before lockdown, and uh, I was at a project with all these uh, boys and girls who didn't have sponsors, they, they live in poverty. Like I said, poverty is not just about not getting a meal, it's not about not just going to school, it's, it's everything, it encompasses their, their whole lives. And actually in that picture, it's so funny, I always remember the thing that stands out for me is these little boys and girls just wanted to touch my hair, because it was kind of like cotton woolly to them. You know their hair is quite hard, and they just were fixated with touching my hair. I'll never forget that. Um, and they were just lovely children. But I realized that when I was there, that I had special powers to change their lives, in some way. And folks come into the church, the local church, the church in Ellen. The church next week in Dunferno and the church after that in other places I go to realizes that I can come and, you know, implore the church to join me in, yes, affecting our community. I encourage you to do that. Affect the people in this community that they would know Jesus through you, God's A-plan. But to know that I could change the life of a child in a poor country. I've been preaching since I was 16, Alistair. My first sermon was 16 years of age. I was an elder at the church at 18, and I was pastoring by the time I was 20. And I have preached, folks, many sermons over many years. But I have to say to you, and I'm opening up my heart here, that the work I do now for Compassion, to come and meet with lovely people like you, I feel is more meaningful than anything I've done in the past. I'm not undermining what I've done in the past, but when I can see children, one child released from poverty through just imploring the church to take that invitation, for me, it's worth it. It's worth it in every way. But you as a church are already doing that, and I want to thank you for that. If I can put the next slide up, Ian, um, and the next one. 18 lives, 18 children in this church. Lives have been changed. Lives have been changed and families have been changed because when a family is helped, the community is helped. You know, here, when we get something, we tend to build six-foot fences around our garden so nobody can look in. In Africa, they, they knock their fences down. They don't have fences. When they have something, they share it. And so when one person is blessed, the community is blessed the next slide, please, Ian. Um, so, although we are in four countries, today I've brought children from that uh, uh, the east coast there of Africa. Next one, please. So, 11 in Rwanda, Kenya, Tanzania, and, and one in Peru. And the next slide. And these, the amount of letters that have been sent, so 73 letters have come out, and I implore you that if you haven't written, it's not that difficult to write. These kids really appreciate letters if, if you're a sponsor here today. And maybe you're a sponsor here today and you want to sponsor an, another child, then, then please feel free to sponsor a second or maybe for the first time you want to come and see me at the end if you want to sponsor a child and change your life. Because I find it changes our lives because we suddenly have a relationship, actually a real relationship with a real person and a real family that that gets to know us and often calls us their second mum or dad, or that's how important that relationship is. And the next slide, please, Ian. Yeah, so 12 girls and six boys. And the next one. So this is, you know since the support has started this is how many hours has been spent in the projects because the children go to projects as well as school and they're equipped and they're helped and they're prayed with and they many of them that came that weren't christians and then they gave their their life to the lord um uh, all these meals have been provided medical checks and um uh, bibles have been handed out and the next one please and that's incredible. In the past 12 months, nearly £7,000 worth of investment has been placed into these 18 children's lives. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm very grateful. And uh, the next slide. Just take a moment to see if you recognize uh, a child that you may sponsor, because these are the lives that Ellen Parish Church have changed. These are the lives. And. That's quite incredible. That had Donald Mac not come here and I not came here and you hadn't responded to that, then that would be white. There'd be nothing there. But lives and families have been changed. And for that, we're so grateful. And I think the next slide is my friend with no teeth there. And the next one. So, sponsorship is 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 why I'm here um, uh, because it's to give thanks for what you you guys have done it's to also give you the opportunity to, um, to to help little boys like Cedric I love some of the names of these children. this is Cedric and he's four years old and um, he stands there on, on what we call registration day when parents bring their children to the project. Hoping and praying they would be one of the children that would be um, uh, put forward for sponsorship, and uh, they tend to dress them in you know in they either borrow the best clothes they can get or they have a set of Sunday clothes to make these children look not runny noses and, and impoverished but make them look like they're they're proud to be there, and that's uh, that's something we really do encourage, um, but that's lives like Cedric could be changed by the body of Christ in this church. And that's really quite powerful. I want to uh, close in a moment. Um, th- there's a QR code there, if you're that wired that way, where you can hold your camera up and it will show you ch- children that are part of the project in Rwanda that, that we sponsor here in this church. Um, but like I say, I've got uh, a dozen or so children there that are looking for sponsors. But I want to just finish, if I may, Alistair, with a just a three-and-a-half-minute video. It's, it's an English couple who went out to, I think it was Uganda, um, and uh, they they sponsored this little girl. And I just want you to just... They, they had the opportunity to go out and meet their sponsored child. Now, the reason I come and I say I want to pick one country like your Rwanda, is I always want to challenge the church that a day might come where some representatives could go out from the church on behalf of the church and meet the children in the project that we all sponsor and get photographs and and that connection. And there's no reason why that can't happen from uh, Ellen Parish Church. So this couple went out to see a a sponsored child called Violet, and uh, I wanna just finish with this little video, which is very, I think, very moving. And uh, I met this couple who went out just a few weeks ago and I said, I've been using your video, and uh, Paul I said, I'm always touched every time I see when you first see Violet. And as I'm saying that to him, he's starting to cry again, because he's so so blessed that God has set him and his wife up with this this little girl. So perhaps we could put that video on, and uh, thanks for listening to me, and God bless you all. Thank you.
3: It's all about the one. If we can make a difference in one person's life, then who knows what that can lead to.
4: We take so much for granted in the Western world, and, you know, when you visit a compassion child and you see firsthand, you realize what is important.
3: We're not able to see our compassion girls grow. We have photographs of them. Those photographs are side by side with our own daughters and our grandchildren.
4: Violet was quite little and now she's 14 and growing up fast. So it's going to be quite exciting to actually see her in person.
3: This is for us a dream come true to visit the girl that has been in our prayers, on our hearts, in our thoughts for 11 years.
5: When the family gets a visit, it is actually a blessing. The child meets the sponsor, and the child can never imagine how ever see this person physically, apart from photos and communication in letters. But when there's this sponsor coming physically, wow, it's just breathtaking. And it's a blessing to the families.
3: When we were maybe 50 meters away, we could hear them. The windows were up, but we could still hear them singing, singing their hearts out. She appeared out of nowhere. I didn't see her coming. But she just threw herself at me. And I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. It was like we'd known each other ever since she was born and that we'd been apart for so long.
4: You're not just sponsoring some random person who you never know anything about. Each child is known by somebody. They are cared for, they are looked after.
3: I think about the staff, how passionate they are to see these kids thrive and uh, flourish.
5: We want to add value on these children's lives. That means economically, spiritually. They know what to do.
3: We only play a small part, but to see the day-to-day running of the project that provides hope, Violet. I will always remember that and remind myself that she's being cared for.
4: Looking at each person on that photograph that plays a part in Violet's life, and I think that was the thing that struck me. You know, it's not just us. Each member of staff plays a part in making sure she thrives making sure she reaches her full potential. And that's what really struck me. It will really be treasured.
3: I realise that I can't change the world, but I know Linda and I can make a difference in more children's lives. The only thing that I know for sure is that our lives are not gonna be the same again.
1: Thank you, Adrian. That is a really inspiring video, an inspiring film, just to see the reaction of uh, of the family when they actually meet uh, their sponsored um, young person. Um, Nicola and I sponsored Joan, um, and she lives in Kenya, and we've sponsored her for the last seven and a half years. Um, we, uh, we took on that sponsorship um, through um, through a, a, a time that we had in St Johnston King's Park Church, where I did my probation. That's where Donna Mac, who came uh, to speak, uh, her husband is the minister uh, there. And so we've been doing, doing that. The reason that we that we focus on um, on Rwanda uh, was from when Adrian and I kind of spoke uh, before you came the last time. We we also uh, um, uh, have a kind of connection with um, with a schools project in Rwanda. So we wanted to kind of keep. Uh, keep our our uh, uh, our, our kind of help in that in that one area, and so it's wonderful to hear just just um, those lives that have been changed in in that in that area. Um, and there's uh, there's an app. I didn't know there was a, there was an app. I I, I downloaded it a, a couple of months ago. There's a Compassion app, and you can write to your sponsored child over the app. And I found that incredibly easy to do. It's really it's really good. You can upload photos from your from your phone uh, in, uh, to do that. So if you have if you want if you're one of the 18 folk that sponsored last time, um, and uh, and you'd like to download the app, then uh, then you can do that and uh, write to your your sponsored child um, through that as well. Thank you, Ian. So let's um, let's sing together in response to what we've heard. We're going to sing together, "Holy Overshadowing."
6: Let us pray together. God, we dedicate our offerings to you, our regular offerings, those standing orders, the money we bring, the gifts we give through Basics Barn or through other means. And we especially dedicate to you the gifts we give in sponsorship, those we have done already, those we've done in the past, and those we will do in the future. Let the things we give, the money we give, the time we give, be a blessing to you and bring your kingdom. We thank you, loving God, for the vulnerable yet wonderful gift of life, to be alive and to know it is an unspeakable honor, We thank you that from start to finish our life is precious in your sight. May we always praise you for it. We thank you, loving God, that our movement towards death and decay is not the final sentence in our life story. We thank you that by your faithfulness we are born to a new and living hope in a future where love will never be terminated and life will never end. May we always trust in you. We thank you, loving God, for the spirit that is able to clothe dead bones with new flesh and to give them the breath of life. We praise you, too, for Jesus. By his own death, he has conquered death for us all and who, by his resurrection, offers the gift of eternal glory to all. May we accept your gift and walk in obedience to your living word. We thank you, loving God, that those who believe in Christ Jesus have already passed from death to life and are even now fed with the bread of heaven. We thank you for the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sin, and the life everlasting. May we ever proclaim the hope we have to those who despair and live so that your light shines in the darkness of our world and in a moment of stillness we hold in our hearts our worries, our fears, and the names of those known to us who need you that who need you now. Loving God whose spirit gave breath to the valley of dry bones, whose touch healed the lame and whose word raised the dead, hear our prayers today for those who are afflicted by sorrow and illness, by injustice and by despair, or by fear and weakness. Breathe into their hearts, touch their bodies, speak their names, and bring new life to them. We ask all this in the name of Christ Jesus who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, both now and forevermore. Amen.
1: Thank you, Peter. So let's, um, let's sing together our closing hymn, hymn number 291. Uh, do you know I say that? It doesn't make any difference because we're not using the hymn books. It's up on the screen behind me already when out of poverty is born. Let's stand together to sing. so go from this place with the power that you have to change lives and so the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit be with you and all who you love and all those you find it more difficult to love this day and forevermore